0: And so, as always, before we begin to submerge into the depths of the Holy Scriptures, the unchanging epigraph of our study of these depths is the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. Then Jesus said to His disciples, These are the words which I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about Me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And so for us as the participants of the body of Christ to share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we continue our study of our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth within our heart, revealing we receive this truth by being instructed in the faith. And so it reveals what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. And this is not the only place of Scripture that very accurately uh, is repeated in other places. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. This is our calling that God has purposed from the times of old, before the creation of the world, the calling of every person that comes and joins the family of God, that is born from the seed of the word of truth. And if a child of God will not understand their calling, which consists of adopting their body by the redemption of Christ, that... For this, you need to put off your former way of life, to cast off the old person with his deeds. After that, this will allow you to then renew your mind with the spirit of your mind, which is the mind of Christ in our spirit. And after that, a person then receives the legitimate foundation that will allow him to clothe himself into the fruit of righteousness, to the fruits of resurrection, which will be his new person that will be grown into full measure of growth in Christ. This specifically is the calling of every individual person and not the so-called evangelism. Only when a person becomes this way, as we have said, when he clothes himself into the new person, then he becomes a sun, a light, and then the world will see, truly see who Jesus is. Until this time, they don't understand Uh, who Jesus is, when someone who is, looks like a fool, sent by another fool, runs around saying, God is going to save you, and they say, Jesus is your Savior. They look at these individuals, these people, as those who have sent themselves, that in essence, themselves are not saved. They think that they're saved, but when a person does Anything against God's will, even if he's saved, he immediately loses his salvation. And so, according to the testimony of the apostles and prophets, the given promise was concealed and withheld from the previous centuries and generations. The reason for this is because it is a promise that belongs to the door of our hope. According to the words of Apostle Peter, This promise is called to be revealed at the end of the age by the power of God, by being instructed in the faith, by the preached word. And so only that category of saints that will enter the category of the good wife who possesses the status of the narrow gate, to receive the power to the right to inherit the adoption of their body by the redemption of Christ for the price that they have paid to be students of Christ. To fulfill the given commandment, we see three destiny-affecting, commanding and fundamental acts that we must do, put off, be renewed and put on. We have noted that it is specifically our decision regarding these three three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. More specifically, will the achieving of our salvation stand or happen, That is given to us in the format of a guarantee or as an investment, or will we lose it forever, which will result in our names being forever blotted out of the Book of Life? In a particular format, we already looked at the first two questions and stopped to study the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth? Relevant to this, we stop to study the the mystery that is contained in the format of an allegory in the 18th Psalm of David. Here, the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands in this magnificent allegory according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God, El Yon or God Most High. The essence of this condition consists in this, that in the circumstances of our hardship when we are putting off the old man, We can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our hearts, saying, who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what do we need to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus? The given allegory is one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their violent conflict with the carnal mind in the form of King Saul and the governing sin in the form of our old person with his deeds who supports our carnal mind to to then erect within our mortal body the stronghold of eternal life and clothe our mortal body into the imperishable pearl of the fruit of righteousness. In its character, the Pur of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer that belongs to us as kings, priests, and prophets. I shall remind us that the virtue of a king consists in our mind, being renewed by the spirit of our mind, which gives us the power to the right to control the emotional aspect that is in our body and put them under the bridle as a horse, a good Of battle that is obedient to us. The virtue of a priest gives us the power to the right to approach God as warriors in prayer so that we can perform legitimate intercession for the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. The virtue of a prophet gives our new person the right to enter into the Holy of Holies or the Devere. This is so that we can hear the voice of God at the mercy seat within our heart, and therefore give God the proper foundation to hear the voice of our intercessions so that He can respond to us. The first part, as we've identified, is, and we've studied in a specific format, and the first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer, belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. Second part opens up the consistency of this legitimate prayer, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver David from the hands of all of his enemies, and as our enemies as well, because we, when looking at David, we are seeing ourselves. Saul is our carnal mind, and the reigning sin is our old person, that is living in our body, these three kings in the body, that conflict, that want control of our heart, want control of our body. Third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind. In the previous services, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer that is made by a warrior in prayer, utilizing the eight names of God, Most High in this prayer i love you lord my strength the lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god is my rock in whom i take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold i call to the lord who is worthy of praise and i have been saved from my enemies and so these eight names of god this is psalm 18 1 through 4 first the lord my strength then my rock, my fortress, the Lord is my deliverer, the Lord my rock in whom I take refuge, the Lord is my shield, the Lord is the horn of my salvation, and the Lord is my stronghold. When a person confesses these names, just will proclaim them out loud, understanding their meaning, and when he will proclaim them, the Holy Spirit immediately takes these words and clothes us with these names, because we are saved, by the fruits of our mouth because in our mouth or the words that we confess there is life and death it depends on what we will confess the perverse uh, truth the partial truth or the complete truth in a specific format as much as God has allowed in the measure of our faith We have already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, studying the power of four names of God, my strength, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, and have stopped to study our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, studying the name of God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, also Rock of Israel. The name Rock of Israel, identifying the nature of the Most High and the character of His Word, belonged to the lot of warriors and prayer. In Hebrew, this name contains the following unearthly virtues, as sharp end or edge of a cliff, stone, a stone defense, blood, the shadow of a cliff, victorious, elephant tusk, elephant ivory, eternal government. When we're talking about elephant ivory, this is from this we need to build a throne for the Holy Spirit so that He can come and take control, take this royal position within our heart. If there's no throne, He will not come into our heart as Lord and Master. And so we need to form, create such a throne and completely cover it into gold or cover it with gold. I won't talk about this right now. We've talked a little bit about it previously, that this elephant ivory or the throne that's made out of ivory, ivory is our part, uh, we being a part of the good wife. Because uh, uh, elephants have a matriarch. There, there is in lead, there is a female, a queen. And so this means the church, our partaking to the church and so we're part of the church Uh, this will be a throne then for the Holy Spirit so that We understand what the church is. We value it. We don't just go from one church to another as if it's some kind of club. We're just visiting. You go to one to another for entertainment. What is it that you only have God? People ask, but it says, don't leave your church. God is in every church, but don't abandon your own. As some have the habit, it says in Scripture. And so those who do this, there's no more offering that they can bring, but the uh, wrath that is from God. And so, we will remember that I shall eternal. Uh, so the rest of these uh, definitions eternal, governing the promise of imperishable food and comfort of peace. We will remember that the existing nature of prayer, where David confesses his lot contained in the eight names of God Most High, means that this prayer is made within the boundaries of a covenant made with God. The number eight always means a, a eternal covenant of peace with God. Secondly, the given prayer is a strategic teaching which is called to be our calling and our royal garments, so it can clothe us into the virtue of warriors in prayer, into the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets, who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring about governance over their mortal body considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man to clothe our mortal body into the pearl nacre of immortality it becomes vital for us to identify within each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man and so when we're talking about the collaboration of our faith with God's faith our cross with the cross of Christ the collaboration of the grown by us fruit of holiness with the holiness of God we're talking about roles. There's God's role, there's man's role. And so, when I fulfill my role, then this God's, God, gives God the proper ground to fulfill His own role. That's how this collaboration happens, so that we understand what collaboration means. It's when we fulfill our role, And in these roles, God is the helper uh, when it comes to both. We uh, lead. God allows us to choose the program of life, or program of death. And when we choose the program of life, then He, as our helper, begins to help us so that this program would be activated, would be active within our body. As a common tragedy, the majority of Christian people, due to their ignorance, which is a result of their stiff neck, are inherently attempting to fulfill the role of God. This is to their own destruction. The reason is because when you fulfill the role of God, you present yourself as God. If it says, seek the kingdom of God in His righteousness, and all this will be added to you, but a person begins to seek what will be added to, uh, meditating about it, thinking about it, praying about it, you then take upon yourself God's role. Your, Our role is to seek God in all things always, in ourselves, seek Him in all of our relationships to find Him, to seek Him in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so when we do this, God begins to fulfill His role. He begins to give us exactly, when we're talking about blessing, materialistic blessing, as much as we need, as much as we need, and we need to be joyful, content in what He gives to us. And so for this purpose, to differentiate our role from God's role, we came to the necessity to study four classical questions, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, What purpose as it relates to achieving our salvation in the foundation of which lies the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ is our inherited lot called to accomplish in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price do we need to pay to provide God a proper foundation to be our Rock of Israel to achieve the salvation of our soul given to us in the seed of the kingdom of heaven in the format of a guarantee which we are called to invest or turn it to profit us? so that we can grow then this fruit of righteousness. I talked, I was speaking with one leader today. Uh, He was in a different country, and he could not understand. I'm always watching, and I am not fitting to the criteria. I received the guarantee, I understand this, but I don't perform righteousness. I don't see that in myself that I'm able to perform this righteousness, he told me. And I told him, do you receive the information of the preached word that you hear? He says, yes. And so when you receive this information and when you begin to confess it and you, you perform righteousness, what was the righteousness of Abraham? Where was his righteousness? Did he look at himself? He came out of a country where they worshipped idols, his relatives worshipped idols, his father worshipped idols. He left him and went into the Canaanite land. How did he do this? It's written, and Abraham believed in God. He began to proclaim that which was not existing as existing, and God accounted to this, this to him as righteousness. When we consider ourselves dead to sin, living for God, you proclaim that not existent, stronghold of uh, immortality in our body as already existing God accounts as to his righteousness it's very simple because you will be justified by your words or condemned by your words uh, the words then follow, are followed with action and so you, nothing will happen until you say something, you have to say what you've accepted when you accept the word of God you say may it be according to your word Lord and when we say this then this is when you've been, uh, you've conceived you've received the seed and now you begin to confess what's inside of you, you have this in yourself You, this is you performing righteousness and God because of this takes your Words that are the confessions of your faith and clothes you then into this and accounts this to you as righteousness. And even when you fall during that process, and you will fall, the scriptures say the righteous will fall seven times, will rise again. You said the wrong word maybe that you uh, weren't supposed to say, and you catch yourself, oh, I shouldn't have said this. You immediately take your words back. Lord, I am not agreeing with what I just said out of my mouth. I take these words back. May the Lord live, who is my stronghold. I will not be moved. And that's it. You don't need to go to especially uh, confess this uh, later in confession. By what results do we determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel as it relates to the achieving of our calling consisting in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Therefore, only having grown the tree of life within the Eden of our heart as the fruit of a restrained tongue, it's written that the restrained tongue is a tree of life. It says in Proverbs, a person then becomes a partaker of the good wife due to which the grace of God begins to rule within his heart so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.21 how is grace? How does grace reign through righteousness when we proclaim that not existent is existent? We count yourself—you uh, count yourself dead to sin, living for God. That's when uh, grace mi- m- reigns in righteousness. We will remember that only a person that thirsts to hear the word of God invests time to this word, lives by this word, abides in this word, and the word of God abides. Uh, the word of God abides in him, will be able to continue to stand in battle against the ancient serpent, escape deceptive nets of the devil in order to inherit salvation of his body by the redemption of Christ. In a specific format, we already studied the essence of the first two questions in the previous services, so we will turn our attention to to the question, or question three. This is the condition that gives the Holy Spirit the right foundation to lead us into the inherited lot that is contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. The essence of the third question, what price do we need to pay so that we can provide God a proper foundation to be our rock of Israel? And so, considering that in the previous services, we already studied three of those components included in the price, we will have, and we'll be studying the fourth. And so, this is to listen to God and walk in His ways. You need to for this we need to make a decision we can't listen to God and walk in his ways until we make the decision that we will listen to God and walk in his ways. To listen to God, that is the preached word that's spoken. His delegated ones preach that word. And that means prepare yourself for service. And by preparing yourself, you prepare yourself to listen to the word. When, you, when it says listen, that means to obey it. You, you hear the word and you say, may it be according to your word and I will uh, strictly follow it whatever it may cost or whatever price I may need to pay for that. I have this kind of preparation or readiness to do it. Or that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies, these enemies that are inside. You won't need to then run from Saul, and this reigning sin will be bound in the body. And turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever he would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would have satisfied you. Psalm 81, 13 through 16. You see how God, the prophecy here we see from uh, uh, David, because he was a prophet from God, you see what an incredible prophecy that he gave. Uh, a prophecy is uh, of Ezekiel, Isaiah, and other prophets. As they say, the theologians say, uh, more than sixty uh, percent are from David, or taken somewhat from somewhere from David's words. We need to immediately note that being satisfied with honey from the rock as an element of our reward in the name of of God, Rock of Israel, is it gains its significance and its legitimacy exclusively within with the other elements that are listed in the given place of Scripture, that are deluded one and the other, come one from the other, and confirm the truthful nature of one the other. By itself, the reward of God consisting in His oath promise in the given situation, the inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, is called to motivate us and prompt our thirst, so that we can use all of our available strength and ability to fulfill the given commandments of God. And so again, to listen to God and walk in His ways. In the given words of God addressed to His nation for the fulfillment of His will consisting in these two linked to one another commands because it's not possible to walk in His ways if we're not listening to Him. These two commands, they're linked one with the other. And so the priority is to listen and then the second is we then receive the ability to walk in His ways. We see God's reward, that is made up of six elements, for the listening of these two, for obeying these two. When we walk in His ways and we listen to Him, then we we see the reward that we then will receive, which is made up of six of six elements. God has promised to soon subdue our enemies. God would turn His hand against our adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission. Our fate would endure forever. God promised to feed us also with the finest of wheat, God has taken responsibility to satisfy us with honey from the rock. And studying the commandments of God, the fu- fulfillment of which is called to open to us generous access into the lot that is the pure, imperishable, and unsearchable inheritance of Christ that is contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, the commandments are presented to us in two requirements, to listen to God and walk in God's ways. We will turn to study these six components of our reward, these six elements of our reward, in the name of God, Rock of Israel, where God, upon the condition that we fulfill these commandments, the two requirements, that is to listen to God and walk in His ways, He has taken the obligation upon Himself to fulfill these six for us, these six, and give, give us these rewards. In the previous services, we already studied two of them, where God has promised us that He would soon subdue our enemies and turn His hand against our adversaries. And the third element of our reward consists in God's promise that the haters of the Lord would pretend submission to us. In the academic dictionary, the meaning of the word submission in this case, in this situation, consists in the words such as fear, Trembling, servility, flattery, ingratiating oneself to those in authority from whom their well-being depends. When a person sees or people will see that their well-being depends on you, they will then... Uh, submit themselves to you. Submission as it relates to this place is a small quality in man that hates God that exists in demons who tremble before the quaking and destructive authority and power of God. God will clothe the chosen by God, by Him remnant, and will bring their enemies to fear and confusion. Therefore, people that hate God because of the fear that they have before Him that God has brought upon them will behave before us submissively will lie to us and will ingratiate themselves to us in order to obtain our favor. We need to ask the question, how do we determine those who hate God amongst the holy nation of God? And what nature of fear is this, that God will bring upon those who hate Him in the sight of His children? Before the children, the people who fulfill His commandments, who listen to him and do walk in his ways. Those who hate the Lord is first of all the wicked and the lawless men that support the unclean that have resisted the order of God and left their church and created foreign churches that the scriptures call the gathering of Satan. And to the angel of the Church of Philadelphia write, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. This teaching of Judaism, these are people that confess the teaching of Judaism, which contained... Uh, the truth of being born again, born from God. And so they say they are that way, but they're not. They lie. I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. You see, David prophesied about this, and Apostle John here also says this. He says in his revelations about this. Uh, He talks about that, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly, Hold hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And so our crown is the fruit of righteousness. This is what we confess with our mouth. Revelations 3, 7 through 11. Keep watching, no one take your confessions from you. I know there were many people that were here and confessed this, but then the enemy took this truth from them, and they left the church. They decided that they will uh, find a different crown. Right now, they do good work, they evangelize, and they do other things, and they... Will find a different type form of crown, different kind of crown. The crown of righteousness is when you consider yourself dead to sin, living for God, you proclaim the not existent stronghold of life within our body as existent. This is the crown of righteousness, because God accounts this to us as righteousness. This is our fruit, the fruit of our mouth. And so when we confidently stand in this hope, then we will not lose this crown. If we will lose it because we will be attracted by something foreign or different, a different person that may confess a different uh, so-called truth that will cast shadows upon the true anointed, then our crown will be taken from us and given to another. And so many people have the idea that satanic gatherings is an open form of worshipping demons, when actually satanic gatherings is a gathering of people that are being led by a person that is resisting the truth and perverts the truth. Such churches with the diametric difference demonstrated in dead religious dogmatism or religious bacchanalia quickly find a common language amongst themselves. And we're talking about here noisy services, worship groups. And so they find a common language amongst themselves in resisting the truth, the elementary teaching of Christ, which identifies the order of the kingdom of heaven in the heart of a man as well as in the hierarchical structure in the church formulating an order within a relationship between one another it forms this order in our relationships for the most part these satanic churches are oriented upon the distinctive form of their service this is a noisy uh, form where worship is uh, literally brings them to ecstasy and they shout they jump they hop they they and and even can fall asleep during the sermons, and so they are oriented upon this distinctive form of service, upon specific spiritual study, because there they have, uh, there's a lot of focus upon uh, who you are, uh, if you're a doctor of theology or other positions, and so they are. Uh, very focused upon those titles. Upon evangelism, but about which they do not have any true understanding, they don't understand that evangelism is to be a light to the world, where you are. Upon rebuking of demons, for which they do not have any authority, where rebuking demons, they actually are just pushing them into different corners, and they become unfortunately possessed. Upon materialistic prosperity that is elevated as a rank of spiritual, of spirituality among them, upon a, only known to them culture of in, uh, of controlled wine drinking, upon practicing of spiritual gifts, although they are not able to differentiate the true miracles from false ones, together these false truths identified the essence of satanic uh, synagogues or satanic gatherings, and although there is the case that there may be saints among them that have not defiled their garments. It's the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with Me in white, for they are worthy, Revelations 3, 1 through 4. The fourth element of our reward consists in that God has promised that our good fate would endure forever. Such a good fate indicates the state of a complete peace and a complete safety that is not able to be shaken or moved, not with any worldly losses or catastrophes. We need to ask the question, upon what way will god demonstrate upon what what way as his ways will god demonstrate such a unique nature of good faith that is included in the group of our reward if we will not be familiar with the way of god upon which we will he will show us such a nature of good faith that That will not end or have no end, then we will not have anything to look upon or look to. This is because our fantasy will not be able to penetrate the essence of this given reward so that we can clearly write the essence of the given good fate upon the tablets of our heart. God only responds to such a nature of reward or answers for such a nature of reward that is in the format of a promise that is clearly written upon the tablets of our wise heart. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run. Who reads it? God, at the time when the promise should be or will will come to pass or will be fulfilled, he may easily read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. And so the righteous will continue to trust in the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ.
1: And so first,
0: According to the given revelation, we conclude that the given nature of good faith is presented in the format of the faith of God in the revelations of the Thummim and Urim that is written upon the tablets of our heart in the form of promises that are placed upon our account in Christ Jesus. Second, we need to know that the nature of such good faith written upon the tablets of our heart are directly linked to the good faith of the chosen by God remnant. Blessed are those who keep justice and he who does righteousness at all times. Rem- remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. O visit me with your salvation, that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones. Everything that God promises, we can only receive uh, together, by f- in fellowship with one another. Uh, Psalm
1: 106, 3 through 5.
0: S- third, such a nature of good faith that is written upon the tablets of our heart is called to be the fruit of our spirit that we are called to mature in the benefits of Jerusalem. Psalm 128, 1-6 Blessed is every one who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, and your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. The fifth element of the reward consists in God's promise that he will feed us also with the finest of wheat. We need to pay attention here to the fact uh, uh, that it's not focused on the wheat as much as it is the finest. We need to ask the question, how do we need to understand the finest that is in the wheat? And in what way will God feed us with the finest that is in the wheat? Or in what, in what way will God yield the fineness from the wheat so that He can nourish us. And so when it's referring to fineness, it is referring to fine oil or fats that give us authority to be children of God or be a candle in the house in a city that stands at the top of the hill because light burns because of the fats. If He will nourish us with these fats, then our lamp will brightly burn and we will be a light to the world. You are a light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You see where our evangelism is. And if the milk of a cow symbolizes the preached to us word of God in the format of a seed, the fats or butter from the cow that is produced from the milk of this cow is the fruit of the mouth that confesses the faith of God that abides within our heart. The grains of the wheat is a person that by confessing the faith of God that is received into his heart in the format of the pure milk of the word, then produces this butter from the cow milk. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. John twelve twenty four twenty five. According to the given consistency, the butter fats of the wheat that is produced from the wheat by the way of the fellowship of our fellowship with the saints, which gives us the ability to bear fruit to God that possesses anointed power to pass us from death to life. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the keeping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Ephesians
1: 4, 11 through 16.
0: And so, as we can see here, this is referring to every individual person, that in his, as doing his part, he Uh, joins and is knit together with all the others into one body. Food in the form of the butter or fats from the wheat that God has promised to feed us is our part to the praise of Jerusalem and the praise of Zion, praising God, which provides God with a foundation to fortify our gate, to bless us as the sons of Jerusalem amongst Zion, in order to establish peace within our boundaries and with the finest of the wheat praise the lord o jerusalem praise you your god o zion for he has strengthened the bars of your gates he has blessed blessed your children within you he makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat psalm 147 12 through 14 a second place of scripture here that talks about the very same reward the sixth element of our reward consisting in the fact that god has taken responsibility to satisfy us with honey from the rock in this given situation, when we're talking about a living rock that uh, pours out this living honey, this living Word of God, this supernatural uh, that comes from a super, supernatural f- uh, source, we need to look at this as the uh, strength of Zion, as the body of Christ. And the bees that uh, bring with this nectar and <clears throat> produce then this honey in a sut- supernatural form that this rock then, uh, this honey flows from this rock, rock. we need to see the category of saints that have come into full growth in Christ Jesus that are able to differentiate the uh, good from the evil and evil from the good. And so we again reject the evil and choose the good. And so your behavior then is... Is this honey then from the rock? Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Isaiah 7:15. Here it's talking about Jesus Christ and also those that are born from the seed of the word of truth. Now, as we know the reward, the inheritance of the lot that is contained in the name of God, rock of Israel, we need to look at the commandment and fulfilled in this commandment, which will give God the proper foundation to clothe us into this reward or into this inheritance. As we know, to listen to God and to walk in His ways, the verb to listen includes two meanings to be ready to hear and immediately fulfill what you hear. And so, to listen to God is to make your ear able to listen to God and to obey His words. That is the preached word of His delegated ones, which means to collaborate your faith with God's faith. In this way, to be nourished with milk and honey or curds and honey is to listen to God, that is the preached word of the delegated of God, with the readiness to immediately fulfill and to strictly fulfill what God says and as we've noted more than once that according to scripture to be able to listen to God and his preached word that is spoken by his delegated ones it is necessary to accept the revelations about our reward as it about our reward as the joy of our heart as our inheritance that gives us the ability then to incline our heart and to fulfill God's statutes your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end I hate the double-minded but I love your law Psalm 119, 111-113 To hate the double-minded and to love the law of God is possible only in its carriers because as the mind of man, the ideas of man, as the law of God are two different programs that without this programmable system are not able to demonstrate themselves. Only the carriers that carry this in their heart are able to demonstrate this program. And so, to be a carrier of these programs that are opposite one to the other and that are contrary one to the other is a decision of man, which one he will carry, which will then determine his salvation or his destruction. In Scripture, the quality and character that is included in the word faith is as a command and as in a requirement, that strict requirement given by God, Identifying the essence and purpose that is contained in the word faith is directly linked to our obedience to God's will. The absence of the collaboration of our faith with God's faith is incriminated and is seen according to Scripture as disobedience to God's will and as a open form of resistance. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be re- be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not do- doubt in his heart, but do- believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty three. We need to know and always remember that we
1: uh,
0: can cast those ma- mountains up into waters that are specifically in our own way. And so let us look at This specific phrase, the word to have, when it talks about God's faith, it has a very uh, interesting uh, list of definitions and is practically taken from the military lexicon. It's not as an offer or a recommendation or an alternative to something, but as a military command, as a captain who gives this command. And so to have God's faith is a command, a strict command given to us without which we are not able to please God. God. And so this needs to be understood again as a dire necessity, as a necessity that we we need to fulfill in order to please God. But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 And so the necessity to trust God and His words and to seek God and His word within your spirit is to collaborate our faith with God's faith. And so we, I will bring forth a list, and it's not the complete list of what uh have god's faith or uh, have god's faith when it says have god's faith what it's the meaning of this very phrase having god's faith i just started listing them uh wh- when i started listing all of these they were coming and, and pouring out uh within me uh all supported by scripture and so to have before you a list of the characteristics of God's faith, to, and so to list then also God's faith within your heart, continually look into God's thoughts, to meditate about what they mean, also to focus upon uh, upon them or to keep it within your heart as the apple of your eye, to love its essence, to have God's faith, to be humble before its commands, to tremble before its might, to be reverent in its presence, to possess it as something that is your right, to possess it in its fullness, to pay the appropriate price for having it, for comprehending it, to invest the time and strength you need to have it, to dare to take it and have it in your life. Uh, turn, don't turn away from its commands. To practice it in all of as, all of the aspects of your life, to spread the, its impact in all aspects of your life, to be eat it as the food of a uh, bread of life and the drink of life. Wait for its revelations. Make the personal decision to follow in its ways. To make your heart ready to fulfill its commands. To focus and look ahead in its calling, and so forth. There are a lot more of them. Considering such a rich and unique list of identifications that relate to the command to have the faith of God, first, it is necessary for us to constantly remind ourselves of the things we already know. Doing so, we refresh our pure form of thought and keep it in a state of continual activity. Second, it is necessary to fortify, deepen, expand, and utilize this knowledge in our walk in the faith of God. And for this purpose, I would like to remind us of and pay attention to some identifications that relate to the purpose of the faith of God, as well as the purpose of our faith called to collaborate with God's faith. And so first, the purpose, abilities, and perspectives of the faith of God, and second, the purpose, abilities, and perspectives of our faith. I shall remind us of seven identifications of the faith of God, and after that seven identif- identifications of our faith, that is called to collaborate with the faith of God. First, the faith of God in the form of the Word of God identifies the essence of God concealed in the mysteries of the Holy Scriptures. It is also called to be concealed in the good heart of a man. The treasury of the Holy Scriptures always and inseparably is linked to the individual God Himself. Therefore, we need to study the Holy Scriptures as an identification of the personified image of God. As according to Scripture, the word faith as a noun is one of the names of God that He has swore in faithfulness. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments, Deuteronomy 7, 9. God says so that we understand that He is faithful, that everything He's promised, He will fulfill it. The character of God revealed in His name, faithful, is also inherent to the Son of God as well as the Holy Spirit now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war Revelations 19.11 this is talking about Christ he is faithful and true this is his name he is called this According to these places of scripture the word faith as a noun underlines the faithfulness of God to his word and consequently the faith of God is the law giving and commanding authority of God expressed in his spoken word which he has established upon the heavens forever that is for all eternity and when he has had established it in the heavens he at the same time established in the in the temple and the heart of a person that is humble And has a contrite spirit who trembles before his words forever O Lord your words your word is settled in heaven Psalm 119
1: 89
0: And and so again this established within the heavens word in the form of the faith of God God desired to conceal and put into the mysterious treasure that are the holy scriptures reflecting them in the parables of the law instructions and commandments and furthermore in his statutes which explain in what way and in what sequence do we fulfill his ordinances and his commandments at some point the spoken by god word becomes the eternal and unchanging law and ordinance that is concealed within the temple of our body (laughs) and first of all an eternal and unchanging law for god himself which he has magnified keeps watch over and follows I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all of your names. Psalm 138.2 Considering that the spoken word of God is a program of God, and God can magnify his word above all of his names only within the boundaries of a good heart. Because of this, the Word of God in the form of the faith of God becomes the eternal and unchanging law of God within the good heart of a man. All of the names of God are subject to this unchanging law. This means that the faith of God abiding within the heart of man is the diadem and crown of all of His names. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith is information that comes from hearing the word that comes from His delegated ones. Therefore, the faith of God is the supernatural word of God that comes out of the mouth of God spoken by the delegated authority of God who are the carriers of God's revelations. And furthermore, the coming about of the faith of God can and is called by God to happen in no other way but by the supernatural listening to the word of God within our spirit, not with these ears, but with the ears of our heart. I will stand my I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart to watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected Habakkuk 2:1 Second the faith of God in the format of the word of God is an example of the absolute truth which reveals and expresses itself in the temple of our body in the righteousness of God of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures in the original that we would be the first of his creation be ruling over what He creates, that we may rule uh, over the world. First fruits, for some reason people think of this as something very small, but when it's talking about a first fruit, first fruit is one who leads, who rules, who governs. This is what first fruit is, James one eighteen. And so, if we were... Uh, Interpreting this uh, or translating this, as in the Bible, we would definitely have noted that that we would be the uh, governors of what He's created. James one eighteen, the holy truth of of the word of God that is concealed within our heart, in the form of the faith of God, is called to sanctify us or to separate us for God. And so this word it is holy in essence and it is living and, and abides forever. And so when we <clears throat> submerge ourselves into it, we accept it and we confess it, then it is called to sanctify us and to separate us from all that is not holy for God. Sanctify them by my word. Your word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. This was the praise the prayer of, of Jesus in the garden, sanctify them by, by your truth, your word is truth, John 17, 17, and so when someone speaks the truth, you say, maybe according to your word, and then you confess it, and in this way, you separate yourself from everything that is not true, the truth is the inner state identifying the natural essence of the entrails of God, at the same time, the righteousness of God is the de- demonstration of this truth, therefore, in Hebrew, the word truth reflects itself in these. Truth is righteousness. How is it expressed? Righteousness, truthfulness, judgment, faithfulness. What is true? Sincerity and light, resurrection, the order of life, energy, levelness, balance, beauty, gracefulness, shield, circle of defense, or safety. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Psalm 91 4 third, the faith of God and the format of the word of God is the imperishable seed of God spoken by the mouth of a person who is clothed into the authority of a father from God the seed is the word of God Luke 8:11. according to this in other places of scripture we conclude that our birth from God as well as receiving every promise into the soil of our heart starts with a seed of the preached to us word that we need to grow into the fruit of the given promise otherwise the seed of the word consisting of the seed of the received by us promise will lose its power and its significance or its purpose love one another fervently with a pure heart having been born again not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever first 1 Peter 1, 12223. Fourth, the faith of God and the form of the Word of God is the sovereignty of God with which we are called to collaborate with our own sovereignty. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Genesis 1-2 Here we see the sovereignty of God. The Spirit of God hovered. The water was the midst from which God will create the earth and then will create everything that's on the earth and will create man as well. And so water is the liquid minerals that were... And so when God said, let there be light, the water still remained. The minerals were still in liquid form and it was all water around and there was no dry ground because the word, the earth was without form and void. The earth was not yet existing, not yet created. And so that is what is in the original, Genesis 1-2. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over all the earth, Genesis one In this way, God created man in such a way so that he can't do anything, he, he cannot intervene in anything, in any task or anything on earth without the participation of man. He created a person sovereign as he himself is sovereign in heaven. That is how he created man. He created man as a God on the earth. He, <clears throat> as James uh, wrote, that he is the first fruit, that is, he is the leader of his creation or governor. And in this way, God showed that He is sovereign, and that's why He created a in His likeness man that is also sovereign. Fifth, the faith of God and the format of the word of God is the goal, orientation of God, where He is vigilant in the temple of our body over His words so that it be fulfilled at a specified time, not specified by us, but Him. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Genesis 28, 15. The goal orientation of God, where He is vigilant over His Word so that it be fulfilled, is contained in His oath promise, where He has obliged Himself to make our enemies our footstool. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. God, David prophesied that the Lord said to my Lord, The Son that will come from me he will be God, Lord. And he said, the Lord said to my Lord, the Son that will come for me and be God, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Psalm
1: 110, 1.
0: He acknowledges that he is the born from him Son, and he will also be Lord. And he says, he says, what happens between the Heavenly Father and the Son that will be born from from him according to his will. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The goal orientation of God where he is vigilant over his word so that it be fulfilled is contained in his oath promise where he has obliged himself that he will not rest until righteousness goes forth as a brightness and salvation upon Zion as a lamp that burns. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. Isaiah 62, 1. And this uh, inability to rest, God said, I will not rest, it will uh, be shown in those that are in His likeness. It will be in their words because God will do the work through them, His will. They will know God's will they will know God's thoughts, and they will, just as Him, they will strongly yearn and desire uh, to fulfill everything God wants, and they will confess this and pray this. The goal orientation of God, where He is vigilant over His Word, so that it be fulfilled, it is contained in His oath promise, where He has obliged Himself that the word that comes out of His mouth, spoken by the mouth of His delegated ones, will accomplish what is pleasing to him and shall prosper in the things for which it is sent. If his delegated ones will speak the word, then this word will absolutely do its work. There will be those people will be those people will be found that earth that that good soil will it will find the seed will find that soil and it will be fulfilled and so it is our bodies we ourselves. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I send it. And so when it says it shall not return to me void, it's it's not in vain. It shall do its work. It shall complete its purpose. Isaiah 55, 10, 11. Six, the faith of God in the foreman of the Word of God is the riches of the unsearchable inheritance of our Heavenly Father that is placed upon our individual account in Christ Jesus in the foreman of the received by us hope. James 2.5 Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? The wealth of faith that is received by us by the preached word is called to come about in the resurrection of Jesus, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that is, does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. What is kept in heaven is kept in the temple, in the body of Christ, and in the humble and contrite heart of man that trembles before His word. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that is, does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. First Peter 1, 3-5 To receive the existing wealth of faith consisted in the inheritance of our Heavenly Father is to be done in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for which it is necessary for us to participate in His sufferings being conformed in His death in order to achieve the resurrection of the dead. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Seventh, that's Philippians 3, 10, 11, 7, the faith of God in the format of the Word of God is an eternal, inexhaustible, and an eternal, inexhaustible, and undiminishing energy potential of God. This is the seventh uh, component. The faith of God in the format of the Word of God is an eternal, inexhaustible, and undiminishing energy potential of God. And so people uh, are always uh, scaring others, those of study uh, what we have our uh, our precious supply of water and other things uh, will soon be gone will be uh, spent and we will not be able to have anything else because more and more people are born uh, but that's not true everything restores itself look at the great sun you know how many thousands of uh, uh, billions of tons that are being burned. And so our our Earth is just a little dot in comparison to the the size of the Sun. There are such uh, explosive reactions, the explosions, uh, they're like atomic explosions and they're Hundreds of thousands of kilometers, but we don't feel or sense any of that activity. We feel good, and the the sun never uh, becomes smaller. When we take something, it's burning; it completely burns down and it becomes smaller. Completely is gone. But for God, in God's creation, everything's restored, and continually is restored, and so. In his might and strength, of his power, by the by his greatness, not one is missing. Isaiah forty twenty six. He showed this in that widow from Sidon. If you remember, and there were no other in Israel that had such faith. And what did God do for her? He there was some uh, oil and some flour that she had and it would, would not diminish. She would keep eating it and using it and preparing with it and it continually, there was more in there. And so all the wealth of the world is gone, but what is pure, what is godly, it does not diminish. And now in the same way, we will bring it to memory the abilities and perspectives of our faith called to collaborate with the faith of God spoken by his delegated ones due to which we will then be in... And so again, this is uh, obey the faith of God due to which we will then be in proper condition and then to subdue kingdoms, work righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mouth of lions, Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, make may, be made strong out of weakness, be valiant in battle, turn the enemies of the aliens to flight, receive your dead raised to life, to be tortured and experience trials mockings and scourging also to be chained and imprisoned to be stoned to be sawn in two to be tempted to be slain by the sword wandering about in sheepskin and goatskins being disduted afflicted and tormented we will note that our faith consists in our obedience to the faith of God spoken by the mouth of His delegated ones. Therefore, first, our faith in the format of our obedience to the faith of God spoken by God's delegated ones is a unique genetical organ reading, carrying, and passing on information. This is a living genetical organ that reads information. You know where there's a video camera and everything, whatever uh, passes, the cars pass by. It counts how many cars pass, it counts and reads this, it's a reader, and it can tell you how many had passed, it's living, so it counts this, it reads this information. It's a genetical organ, this is our faith that carries information, it reads that information, and it also passes on this information. For I have known him in order, that's talking about Abraham, in order that he may command his children and his households after him, that they keep the ways of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him, Genesis 18:19. He chose Abraham and called him the man of faith and said, Look at the faith of your father Abraham. Look at how he... Uh, kept this information, he listened to the word, he accepted it, he carried it in himself, and he passed it on to his children, and he commanded his children so that they then pass it on to their uh, their own children. Second, our faith in the format of, of our obedience to the faith of God, that is, the spoken by God's delegated ones, is an identification of our sovereignty. We talked about God's sovereignty, this is an identification of our sovereignty. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the whole earth. And so we need to bind ourselves to God. We need to find Him, find that good wife, find those narrow gates to bind ourselves to that better vine. We need to do that. He's not going to do that for us. And then... Only are we able to collaborate our faith with God's faith. Third, our faith is our obedience to the faith of God linked with the act of our wise and voluntary choice, received by us in the form of information that comes from hearing the Word of God. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And so here there's a choice. We are offered a choice. God offers curse or blessing, life or death. And He asks you, He offers that you choose life. And when you choose life, I can then help you. I will receive the proper grounds to be your helper. And if you don't choose life and you say, this is not possible, I can't pay this price, because a person how does he choose he understand we understand that by choosing we need to remember that i i will pay a price for this i'm ready because if you choose and you don't understand the price that you need to pay for what you've chosen then consider that you have not chosen anything when god offers something he always says He shows what it is, why he first says, talks about the reward and then talks about the price that we need to pay. To listen and walk in his ways. I always talk with people that say this isn't possible. I search myself, I don't find these things in me. And I said, who told you that you need to search your flesh? When you say search within yourself, that means... That is your inner person, uh, because you've put this inheritance in him. It's eternal. It lives forever. And so, search that, what's in you, placed into you, who you are to Jesus and what he's done for you. That's all in you. That is what you need to search and and study. Don't study your flesh. Forget it, and you died for it. Uh, don't uh, start researching or looking into that. You need to pay attention. Don't pay attention to your emotions. Oh, I don't feel this is happening. Or I do feel, oh, I feel depressed. There's no depression. The the word depression is made up by, in the 20th century, this word came about. At the start of the 19th century, the men of study didn't know what depression was. It belonged to two may be only physical materialistic ma, uh, physical material things where there's depression between two but this didn't apply to people or men there were great wars people died and no one called the. there was no so-called depression but now there's a a lot of uh uh shoes in front of a person and 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 a lot of different variety of persons variety of shoes they have and this person comes to me and says, "Pastor, I have depression."
1: It's what they eat, what
0: you you eat, what you want, you dress as you want. Kings didn't live this way. That you open the faucet and there's hot water pouring from
1: it and so this uh and so this uh and
0: so people uh, today live in a in a much better way that even kings lived, lived before but even some uh, nations they still choose the old way and choose not to live in a more modern way but they have the option and so they uh, we today have uh, the water that you want to have in any place, and the temperature that you prefer. Um, and this is all blessings. Fourth, our faith in the format of our obedience to the faith of God, spoken by God's delegated ones, is the dissolver of information that we receive, contained in the faith of God. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Not Being mixed with faith in those who heard it, Hebrews 4 2. And so, if you hear the word and you don't mix it with faith, it will not be dissolved. What does it mean to dissolve or mix? In this case, they accepted the heard word, but to mix it,
1: and so if they didn't mix it, that means they didn't obey the truth.
0: And so, when you become obedient, it doesn't matter what you're feeling, you obey and you do it. When gentleman tells me, I, I hate talking to this one brother and I don't want to talk to them, but I tell him you need to fulfill uh, God's will and do as he instructs, regardless of what you're feeling. And as soon as you start doing that, you will start liking that person and feel well with them you need to force yourself it is easy to tell a person that you're sympathetic to you talk to talk to them but try talking to to someone that you may not be sympathetic to try to invite someone who may seem unpleasant to you invite them to a restaurant invite them to your house serve this person or be a, be in fellowship with them because it's easy with someone that you know or that you are favorable to but what about someone who isn't uh, in your eyes or maybe someone who's just not pleasant or they once offended you and you're always remembering that offense I, I suggest that you invite specifically those people you'll see that when you do this these people will become your bestest and most faithful of friends because you in this way will dissolve the God's faith and you'll be a light to them and they will absolutely, you will change many things. Our faith in the format of the, of our obedience to the faith of God, spoken by God's delegated ones, is the carrier and producer of information that is contained in the seed of our words. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 37 By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. How do I accept righteousness? By words. You can't do the work or any deed until you receive the word first. When you Speak the word first, then this word will make your work godly, will make it correct. The word always needs to be first. From your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. God will judge you not as much by your uh, uh, actions, judge you based on your actions, but your words because your words provoke the action. And if you keep saying, I, it won't work, I can't do this, it it surely won't work, and you won't be able to do this. Why do you constantly say these words? The scriptures say, I can do all things with the God that strengthens me. Remember that phrase. And when the time comes, that and you want to say, oh, it won't work, don't say it. This doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your enemy, to your old person, to your carnal mind. Don't confess or proclaim these words ever. Don't ever say, I won't be able to do this, I can't. I can do all things in the God that strengthens me. And when you say this, the Holy Spirit will take those words and clothe you into them, and you will be surprised. You will, you will suddenly discover that you can not. Say something bad against your wife or your husband when you're angry or someone else. You can. Nothing will happen to you. This word won't destroy you. You will be able to withhold yourself from that. And with the time when you want to say something, you'll say, I can do all things in the Lord that strengthens me. Catch that ball in your hand and this will give you the ability to humble yourself. Sixth, our faith in the format of our obedience to the faith of God, spoken by God's delegated ones, is a symbol of the egg of a woman that is fertilized by the seed of the word of God by receiving the preached to us word of truth. This is a symbol of this egg. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9 Mary says, Lord, I don't know a man. How is it that I can conceive? She said, and he said, the power of the Most High shall come upon you. And what will be born from you will be holy. And she said, may it be according to your word. <clears throat> this needs to be her seed. It needs to come out of her mouth. What I say is the seed, but it needs to come out of your mouth. You need to confess it with your mouth. You need to accept it and say let it be according to your word. When Mary said let it be according to your word, God took that seed that she spoke and she was she conceived physically conceived. She has a you have a spiritual uh egg. We're not talking about a physical, we're talking about spiritual, but God can also uh, fertilize the physical egg also as he did with her seventh our faith in the format of our obedience to the faith of God spoken by God's delegated ones is the eternal energetic potential able to bring about the word of death as well as the words of life and so God created us in his in his way in his form in his image Just as the word of God has eternal potential, the word of man also has eternal potential. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Proverbs
1: 18.4
0: In other words, when you understand who you are, because sometimes a person doesn't know who he is in essence. What kind of power he has in himself, what value he has, he just does not know and he doesn't use it because he does not know. When a person doesn't know that your ticket, your plane ticket, includes a meal, you won't eat. When I flew the first time, I did not know food was included with my ticket. And when the uh, lady approached me with the food, I said I'm sorry I know I had no more money and I thought I had to pay for it but I wanted to save whatever I had left Uh, I had very little left at the time and I had no idea and then I found out time had already uh, years later I only learned that the food also was included in that ticket I just didn't know so I didn't eat it and so many people I personally knew people that paid for what they didn't know and used it because they didn't know what was We oftentimes don't know Who we are uh, uh, How God created us what potential we truly have in us even people of the world that find out about it They achieve great heights even in the world because they understand the potential they began to speak But it's one thing when you say something and God is not behind your words Something does still happen, but go to any psychologist, and they will tell you that if you want, if you're ill, if you have something, you're frustrated. You're frustrated because you're upset. You need to forgive the one that offends you. How? Well, if you don't, if you forgive him, it will be beneficial to you, not to them. If you're upset, you will will have uh, illness in the in the stomach and other things because you're constantly bitter. And they'll say, Why are you upset? It's better to forgive and have peace. And you need to think about good things. Never talk, speak negatively about yourself. What I tell you, also, psychologists say. But behind the psych- words of the psychologist, there's God. There's no God. He doesn't support their words. But the words that I say, God supports, and he will be your helper in that case. Behind their words, there's no helper. There'll be a different type of helper. God then takes that and work uses, if there's no God, then it'll be the devil, and he brings them to the heights that they want to have, and those heights that they uh, rise to are false, and they distance themselves from God and never will come near to Him again. To be able to even better understand the perspectives of our faith, we need to remember that the universal ability of our faith is dependent on seven components. First, we are given the ability to dilute or dissolve with our faith the Word of God and also the Word of anyone else, including our own to be to dissolve that is be obedient to second to dissolve the one or the other words is done by our faith when we make a conscious choice and voluntary effort to dedicate the members of our body as tools of obedience to his word to this word third our faith cannot simultaneously or at the same time dissolve information that is coming from two different wellsprings we need to choose only one wellspring from which we will Uh, dissolve our words, those words, any words that we give preference to obtain legitimate status and become the faith of our heart, our worship and our God also. Fifth, the words that become the faith of our heart take control of our essence in such a way that they can change our genetical code either for blessing or for curses our words can change our genetical code eliminate the curses or add more to there. Sixth, the faith of our heart can be expressed or can collaborate with specific words in no other way but by the means of our tongue, by the confessions of our mouth. Seventh, demonstrating our faith requires the collaboration of our faith with one or the other words upon the condition that we are in the right place and the right time. And so in the world you could find such a saying, He he, he was there at the right time or the right place. Just if he was not in that right place or right time, that wouldn't have happened. You'll hear that kind of thing. And so the place of faith is the good wife. You need to enter that narrow gate. You need to come to the Church of Christ, into your church. This is that place. And the time of confession, as soon as you hear the voice of the Son of God, this is the time of confession. As soon as you heard the voice, may be according to your word. In this way, these seven components are the identifying factors or principles when collaborating our faith with the faith of God, which is the spoken words of God and accepted into our spirit, as well as any other words that are received into our spirit. The ability to collaborate with God or to call upon God first consists in being thirsty and waiting for the revelations of His Word, and second, in the decisive preparedness or readiness to immediately fulfill His words. If a person does not possess such a state and such an inner decision, then his heart will be close to the word that God wants to give him so that he can lead him into the inheritance of his son. Amen. Let us bend our knees and pray, and we will thank God for the word that we were able to receive today.
1: Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ,
0: I am thankful to you together with your saints upon this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name
1: that no one can rise
0: against unless they will be destroyed by you. Anyone who rises against this place and against your servants will be cursed. For you said, blessed is one who blesses you, and cursed is one who curses you. And we thank you that we know how to proclaim these curses and blessings, who we proclaim these uh, blessings upon, and who we proclaim curses upon. We proclaim blessing upon vessels of mercy and Curses upon vessels of cursing, the unclean, the lawless, that hate the truth, that have rejected your truth, that have rejected your righteousness and are trying to earn their own. May your mercy be a blessing for your people for the sake of which you sent your son, your only begotten son. To die upon the cross. You said that He will come and save His children from their sins, and we were saved by your word. We received that word, and we confess with our mouth we began to depend upon the information of your word. Thank you that you have taught us not to depend on our emotions, our feelings, not to depend and look at our flesh, not to look at what the flesh may be doing or what the world around us is doing, but meditate about the things of heaven. Meditate about who you are to us, what you've done for us and who we are to you. And we thank you for this great and wonderful knowledge. May your church be blessed, your bride be blessed, the one that is yours. May in her heart there be peace, your holy quietness and peace. May they be satisfied with the finest of the wheat and the honey from the rock. Your blessing be upon your sons and daughters. Although some of our children may not be with us physically, we do see them here with us, by our side. May they be blessed before your face. May your name be glorified forever and ever. We trust upon your word. We are rejoicing in your your word because It is our wealth, it is our inheritance that is eternal, it is forever, and everything that's in this world that is visible, it will be burned, and you will change it into a very different state in a very different way when you destroy the earth with all of its works and all of the people that… And from the, then from the very essence, this very uh, minerals of this earth, you will recreate the earth where you will live together with the chosen by you children, your remnant. Thank you for this knowledge and thank you for the calling that we have in our heart the, to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. Thank you that as soon as we do this, we will become a light for the world as soon as we receive into our heart your promise we become a light to the world according to your word we've accepted this promise into our heart we have confessed it and has become our own You have accounted to this as righteousness to us, and we thank you that we are righteous before you, not because we have done something, but because we have believed your words. We have been obedient to your word, and we can count ourselves dead to sin living for you. And we proclaim that not existent stronghold of life in our body as existent. Blessed is our Lord God in the name of Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all of his spiritual blessings. Amen.